Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. And we are sitting here. I say we. It's Tom Dorian. you got a mouse in your pocket, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. But I also have a great co-host sitting thank next you. to me, a sidekick here, thank Tom you, Dorian. Thank you. Thank you. Tom, we have a wonderful guest today. We do have a wonderful guest. We have Father Andrew Apostoli. And he's a Franciscan friar. Kind renewal. of a star. He's a rock star, he but he would never star. say it. No. He no. would never admit it. Father Possibly, welcome to the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. We're so happy to have you here. Uh, Dick and Jeff, it's a pleasure to be here with you too, Tom. Thank you. Well, awesome. Well, you know what? One of the things that we've never done really here at the Catholic Cafe is we're real, we've talked a lot about our Blessed Mother. But one of the things we haven't talked about is just the concept of apparitions, but more specifically, something that took place in a place called Fatima. Mm-hmm. And whenever one hears the word Fatima... Immediately, Father Apostoli's name comes to mind. Of course. That's right. You've made this quite your, uh, uh, your cup of tea, haven't you? This is right. Your focus has been on this, hasn't it? It's like a crusade for me uh, to really promote Our Lady's message. Ever since I was a child, I was fascinated by the apparitions, the story. I guess I saw a movie when I was a young boy. And uh-huh. you know, those things may leave tremendous impression. And knowing that Our Lady wanted it, and then realizing the dangers that she warned us about, and... I think we still see them now, and people may not make the connection between a lot of the uh, struggles we're having to preserve our religious liberty, uh, to uh, keep the sanctity of life and the sanctity of the marriage and the family and so on. Uh, these are part of the struggles that I think Our Lady uh, warned us. Well, before we get to all of the warnings and, and, and that, let's, let's just back up a second. First, I know there's a lot of listeners who might be saying, well, first of all, what is an apparition? Are we talking about a right. ghost or something? Right. You hear these kind of – and a lot of people don't know. Uh, many of our, our, our listeners do, but just for the sake of those who don't know what an apparition is, uh, Father, possibly help us. What, what would we, how would we describe an apparition? Well, uh, when God decides to either – you know, Jesus may come on his own. We, we know the apparitions uh, to uh, – St. Margaret Mary Alico about the Sacred Heart, and then later on, now closer to our time, St. Faustina with the Divine Mercy. He chose to come and bring a special message. Well, many times he sends his mother. Ah. You know, I, it's been said that uh, the apparitions of Our Lady are sort of preparing us for Jesus' second coming. We, mm-hmm. The first known apparition of Our Blessed Lady occurred around the 3rd or 4th century. She appeared with St. John the Apostle to St. Gregory the Miracle Worker. They ah. called him a Thaumaturgus. And that's the first recorded apparition of the Blessed Virgin So this Virginia. has been happening for, for a long time in the church. That's right. Oh, yes. Let's talk about Fatima. First of all, where is Fatima? Well, Fatima is in Portugal. It's about uh, maybe 80 miles or so north of Lisbon. Um, kind of way in the, the hills, uh, you know, uh, nobody would have known about it if the apparitions didn't occur there. Right. You know, it was one of those little tiny villages. Um, and there were three little children there. Uh, and this is going back to 1916. It began 1916 with the apparitions. Before Our Lady came, there were three apparitions by an angel who called himself the Angel of Peace, an angel of Portugal. And he prepared the children uh, in two very special ways. Number one was to uh, offer prayers of intercession for the conversion of sinners. He began to ask the children to make little sacrifices and to pray for the sinners. He taught them a beautiful little prayer called the pardon prayer. It goes like this, "My, my God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love you, and I beg pardon 
for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love you. And because of the angel's influence, the children became very generous in making their sacrifices. The final apparition of the angel was... Well, now, how long, the how long were, were these uh, angelic, the apparition there? How long was this? I, I, I mean, uh, over a span yeah. of time? Well, it appears that in 1916, he appeared three times to them, once in the spring, once in the summer, once in the fall. They didn't know the exact dates. They had little children didn't keep dates in right. those days like that. But uh, My kids always know when their birthday's coming up. Now, that's, <laughs> that, that date is always important. <laughs> that's significant because they're not going to get a nice present. That's right. That's uh, right. Yeah. So, But the children, uh, I think, were impressed. And the, the third time when the angel came, he brought the Eucharist to them. Ah. And I think he focused them on the Eucharist, which I always point out to people, you know, whenever the Lord is... Renewing his church, it's always going to be a combination of devotion to Christ, especially in the Eucharist, connected with Our Lady. And that brought the Eucharist into the uh, Fatima apparitions. Right. And we and we can't, as a church, separate Our Lady from the Eucharist, obviously, because she it was the conduit for the Eucharist for us. That's right. Uh, that's, that's a beautiful a beautiful thing to see that. So now, when did Our Lady come into the picture here? We had this uh, the Angel of Peace, but then how, how did Our Lady come into this? Okay. In the next year, 1917, uh, the war, World, World War I, was raging. Mm. Uh, they, they, thought, they called it the war to end all wars, but the, the Pope at the time, Pope Benedict XV, couldn't make any headway trying to negotiate peace. So he, he, he uh, had uh, ordered that a novena be prayed to Our Lady in May of 1917. And on the, the 13th of May, the Blessed Mother appeared. It was the eighth day of the novena. She appeared to the three children. And those little children were Lucia de Santos. She was 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, her little cousin, Francisco Marto, who was nine. And Francisco's little sister, Jacinta, who was uh, seven. And Our Lady appeared to those three little children and asked them if they would be willing to suffer for the salvation of the world and for the salvation of souls and peace in the world. Now, that is remarkable because you you might think that that would be incredibly cruel or, or you know, someone, an outsider might look at this and say, wait a second, we're talking about, a, you know, people who are 7, 8, 9, 10 children. years old, yes. children, innocents, mm-hmm. uh, and that that someone would ask them to suffer on behalf of others, that seems like it might be almost barbaric, doesn't it? it just it, just at the first glance. Yes, if you do, if you take it that way. See, the, this is why those apparitions of, by the angel were so important, because he got them to be extremely generous in making sacrifices for sinners. See, and he kept telling them, God has special a special mission for you. Jesus and Mary have a special task for you. So they were really prepared. And believe it, believe it or not, for the, as young as they were, they really were very, very generous in making sacrifices. So they didn't hesitate to tell Our Lady they would accept And I guess if you ponder it just a little bit more, you you, you immediately realize the connection between the suffering innocents, right, and the salvation that comes from that. I mean, look at our our, our Savior. Look at Jesus on the cross. Mm-hmm. He never sinned, right? That's right. We realize that this is the picture of innocence, the picture of purity, the picture of, of all that is good, and yet dies for our sins, suffers for us. And so you can see the connection there with yeah. those children yeah. and how redeeming that is. Stephen St. Paul, 
when he said, I make up in my body, in my suffering, what is lacking in the suffering of Christ for the sake of his body, the church. You know, Padre Pio was certainly a a person who suffered, you know, with the wounds and the many sufferings that he went through, trials of all kinds. Um, And someone said to him, you know, Padre Pio, why don't you pray to God to take some of your sufferings away? He said, no, don't do that. Don't take my suffering from me. He said, Jesus wants my suffering. He said, Jesus needs my suffering. And he said, I am willing to suffer that I will join my suffering to the suffering of Christ for the redemption of the world. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what the co-redemptive mission all of us have. You know, by our very baptism, yep. we've all been called to share with Christ in the redemption of the world. It's not easy, but it's mm-hmm. what we're called to, to do. That's right. Uh, now, so Our Lady uh, in 1917, now she started coming to these children at that point. Now, did that go on for a long time? Or? That did for six months. Uh, she came. She asked them to come back on the 13th of each month until October. Um, she also, the only other thing she asked of them uh, in all six of the apparitions was pray the rosary every day. Yeah. That was the great prayer that she asked for. Um, she said to the children, the rosary is powerful enough to stop wars, to bring world peace, to save, to convert sinners. And, uh, you know, I, praying the rosary, I know Padre Pio was a great rosary prayer, and, um, and Mother Teresa, we knew Mother Teresa in the Bronx, you know, when she would come right. in. It's a great rosary prayer. You All know, these great saints were rosary prayers. And, yeah. and that's another amazing thing, because everyone who sees a, a, a set of rosary beads instantly they think Catholic, right? I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it is identified with the Catholic Church and all the, you know, Hollywood and all the movies. And But isn't it sad that so many Catholics have lost mm-hmm. that practice yes. of praying the rosary? And Our Lady obviously wants us to pray the rosary. That's right. She did. She And not for her glory. Oh, no, no. no. She's always leading us to yeah. Jesus. Remember her last recorded words in Scripture, do whatever my son tells you. Yeah. You know, so uh, that's very, very important. Mary came... She's the mother. Remember on the cross when Jesus was dying, he looked down, he saw his mother, and he saw the disciple whom he loved, who represented all of us. Right. And he said to to his mother, he called her woman, because remember back in Genesis, God said the woman will crush the head of the serpent. Mm -hmm. And he said, woman, behold your son. And, uh, And so at that moment, through John, Mary was given all of us as her children. And then he said to John, you know, behold your mother. So we have to love her as a mother. And she comes to bring us this message, which is so important for the salvation of the world, uh, and salvation of souls and the peace of the world. And I, I still feel it's a message that is vitally important. Well, we're going to talk more about the messages, more about the message of, of Our Lady to those three children, but indeed to all of us. Uh, when we get back, before we do that, I want to remind folks at home, that we have a wonderful website. It's www.thecatholiccafe.com. But also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. The teaching on the role, purpose, and value of the office of priest has been constant in the church for its nearly 2,000-year existence. The priest, even more than being simply defined by his sacramental functionality, acts in the person of Christ and calls each of us to offer ourselves fully in union with the one sacrifice of Christ. 
While many may think that the priesthood is a modern invention of the Catholic Church, it most assuredly is not. The writings of the early church fathers, those first Christians who were instrumental in protecting, nurturing, and spreading the one true faith, bear this out. St. Ignatius of Antioch, an early bishop and martyr, wrote around 110 AD about the distinct threefold ministry of the church. He said, Let everyone respect the deacons as they would respect Jesus Christ, and just as they respect the bishop as a type of father, and the presbyters, or priest, as the council of God and college of apostles. Without these, it cannot be called a church. St. Cyprian of Carthage in 250 AD had this to say about the priesthood. For if Jesus Christ, our Lord and God, is himself the chief priest of God the Father and has first offered himself as a sacrifice to the Father and has commanded this to be done in commemoration of himself, certainly the priest truly discharges the office of Christ who imitates that which Christ did. In his great work on the priesthood, written in the 4th century, St. John Chrysostom wrote, What priests do here below, God ratifies above, and the Master confirms the sentence of his servants. Then, just a few years later, St. Ambrose, when teaching on the authority of priests to hear confessions, tells us, It seemed likewise impossible for sins to be forgiven through penance, Yet Christ granted even this to his apostles, and by his apostles it has been transmitted to the office of priests. Finally, St. Augustine, when explaining why he clung to the Catholic faith, said, The succession of priests, from the very sea of the apostle Peter, to whom our Lord, after his resurrection, gave the charge of feeding his sheep, up to the present episcopate, keeps me here. These are but a few of the many, many quotes from the early fathers which reveal that the ministry of the priesthood was, is, and always will be an awesome gift of Christ to his church. I'm Bess Drozimski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, and we're talking to Father Andrew Apostoli, uh, Franciscan Friar of the Renewal, and we're talking about Fatima. And, you know, Father Apostoli, you have just, you've used a couple of words here. I just want to, and, and some other words we're going to introduce here that uh, are, have all the makings for a Hollywood blockbuster, <laughs> right? We've said messages, warnings, and we're, we're going to talk about a consecration, and we're talking about the third secret. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> you know, we start to hear this, and so we, we probably want to delve in a little bit more, like, what, what were these messages that Mary was giving these children. Well, you know, one of the things that uh, Our Lady said in her second apparition, by the way, she appeared on the 13th of each month, except uh, August, because the, the uh, children were abducted by the, uh, the governor of that area, oh. who was a mason. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to put them in prison. He wanted them to make a statement that there were no apparitions, that they had made up this whole story. And he wanted to know the secrets. Our Lady had told them secrets. And uh, the children said they had been given secrets, so he wanted to know what they were. Mm-hmm. And he actually imprisoned them. He threatened wow. to boil them in oil. Imagine these three little children oh, were ready to terrible. die, you know, rather than 
go against what Our Lady said, not to reveal these secrets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, but, uh, you know, in her July apparition, uh, her June apparition, June 13th, which over there is a big feast day, you know, it's, we call it St. Anthony of Padua. The Portuguese call it St. Anthony of Lisbon because that's where he was born. Uh-huh. It's a big fight, you know, between the Italians and the Portuguese. I'm not going to take sides. I'm not going to take sides. <laughs> okay. Uh, but um, uh, when Our Lady appeared, she told them that God is establishing devotion to my Immaculate Heart as a means of bringing, you know, salvation to souls and also peace into the world. But her main, her main apparition, as far as the message, is July. See, when she appeared in July, they, they break it down into three parts or three secrets because the children were told to keep all of this July apparition secret. So the first part of it was the children saw a vision of hell. Hmm. Now, you might say, why would the Blessed Mother allow little children like that to hmm. see the vision of hell? Well, I think for two reasons. Number one, um, to remind us it's real. You know, right. if you ever read the diary of St. Faustina, because she went to hell, she went down, the Lord yeah. took her there, and as she, she, was le- she saw all the kind of suffering right. in hell, and as she was leaving, the interesting thing she said, I looked back, and I realized that most of the people who were there were people who didn't believe hell existed. Hmm. So I think Our Lady let the children see hell, and so that she could tell us, it's real, don't go there. Live your life to make sure you don't end up there. And secondly, mm. was to impress on them to pray that souls not be lost. And little Jacinta, although she was the youngest member, we mentioned she was only seven years old, it affected her tremendously. She used to say, you know, I, I, I can't stand that the idea that people would go to hell. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. And so she was always praying for the salvation of souls. Mm. Um, so that was the first part of the secret. And that's where we learned the prayer from Our Lady when she taught us to add it to the rosary. Oh, my Jesus, forgive us our sins. Save us from the, the fires, fires of, of hell. hell. Yes, lead yeah. all souls to heaven, especially <laughs> those, those most in need of thy mercy. Yeah. The second part of the secret dealt with the war. She said World War One would end. She said, if people do what I say, there'll be peace. If not, another more terrible war would come. Oh, she goodness. even predicted a sign. You see a night lit up by an unknown light, which I think happened uh, January 25th, 26th, 1939 just a couple of months before the Second World War erupted in Europe. And, um, and then she added, she said, an evil will begin in Russia that will spread its errors around the whole world, provoking wars, uh, persecution of the church, famine, and so on. And, of course, that was communism. And, right. and many nations would be annihilated. So she said, in order to prevent this, I will come back and ask for two things. I will ask for the consecration of Russia to my Immaculate Heart by the Pope with with the bishops. And I will ask for the first Saturday devotion, which is the five first Saturdays devotion, which we know today. And um, she did come back. She came back in 1925 to ask for the five first Saturdays devotion. You know, and she explained that, you know, the children had to go to confession. Now you can go anytime during the month. Right. And apply it there. Uh, You have to go to communion on the first Saturday say one rosary, five decades, and then spend about 15 minutes, as she said, keep me company, just meditating on the other mysteries, all with the intention of offering reparation for the offenses against my Immaculate Heart. See, to me, that's the key to what we, we haven't done sufficiently. Even Sister Lucia said the most neglected part of the whole Fatima message 
is the five first Saturdays devotion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why I stress it in my book, by the way. You know, <laughs> You've got a book. And let's talk about that for a second. Your book is called Fatima for Today, The Urgent Marian Message of Hope. And it's published by Ignatius Press. Uh, and, and obviously Catholic bookstores um, and uh, various events that you come to will have will have this book for sale. And so why did you write this book? Ignatius Press was um, distributing a book which had been, I'm, I'm sorry, a uh, DVD, right. which was made in uh, England, I believe it was. And um, it was a very, uh, very good book on Fatima. It's called The 13th Day. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, and uh, so they asked me to do a trailer for that, you know, explaining okay. the message. And they said, as a result of that book, they said there was a lot more interest in Fatima. Right. Then they said, would you write a contemporary book, put everything in it, and bring it right up to date? And I said, yes, I, I'll do that. Hmm. And took about 14 months, and it was a struggle, but it's got everything in it. Yeah, so this is a great resource for someone who wants to know more about all of these messages. Uh, and every, You've got everything in there. That's right. You've got all the dates. You've got all the messages, all the warnings. You even have what we're called to do. That's why I, I, I stressed the Five First Saturdays devotion because many people have forgotten about it. You know, it was more popular in the 50s. But then we kind of got away from it. Right. And uh, our Sister Lucia said it's the most neglected part, and she said it's very important. See, because Our Lady actually requested that specifically, along with the consecration. And by the way, the consecration is done by Pope John Paul did it. Yeah, let's talk about what, first of all, what is the consecration what, that they're referring to? What Our Lady wanted was she wanted Russia to be in some way entrusted to her by the Pope with the bishops all over the world. When Sister Lucia was having a hard time getting the Pope to do it, trying to organize it with all the bishops and everything, uh, she asked our Lord, why does it have to have all the bishops? And he said, because I want the whole world to know that this victory, this this, uh, Mm. uh, conversion of Russia will come through my mother. And the bishops represent the church all over the world. That's why he said that. And And again, the theology of, mm. you know, the victory, the salvation coming through the Blessed Mother, just as Jesus came mm-hmm. through the Blessed Mother to, to join us here uh, on this earth. She's going to crush the head of the serpent. Yeah. And, you know, I'm convinced. Now, this is Father Andrew. This is my own, uh, 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 might say, viewpoint of it. I believe that communism was the greatest instrument in the last century of Satan. Blessed Mother made no reference to Nazi Germany, nothing at all. And or through any of the other isms or any of the other persecution, just the evil that would begin in Russia that would spread around the world, mm. persecuting the church. And uh, nations would be annihilated. You know, they became part of the Soviet Union. But after the consecration was made, ni- 1984, by Pope John Paul II on March 25th, a year later, Gorbachev came to power, and he had a whole different approach. And um, uh, five years after the consecration, the Berlin Wall came down. Mm-hmm. You know, then two years after that, 1991, Gorbachev declared the Soviet Union ended. All those nations got their freedom back. And now in Russia, people don't know this. You know, it's not being broadcast over, you know, American media. But religion is growing immensely in Russia. You know? Isn't that great? In a period period of 20 years, from 1991, when they declared the Soviet Union to be ended, when Gorbachev declared that, uh, to, to... 2011, so it's a 20-year period. Do you know that there were over 650 new monasteries opened in Russia? 
Wow. That's beautiful. And, and someone told me recently that the island of Athos, the Mount Athos there in Greece, where all those, you know, the caves where the monks of old right. used to be, so many Russians went there that the Greeks are complaining they don't have enough space for their own people. That's so, amazing. Well, wow. it's amazing what the Blessed Mother can do. And we That's need to realize that. That's right. As, as, a, as a people of God, we need to realize that our mother... I mean, you know, she's a, she's a good one to have in our corner. Absolutely, <laughs> you know? she knows exactly what to do, and she told us, you know. Let's uh, let's go to this. What was that third secret? Okay, the third secret. We all heard about the third secret. Yeah, the third secret had to do with the. Uh, there was a first of all, the angel was ready with a flaming sword was going to touch the earth. The Blessed Mother stopped it. And, uh, and then the angel cried out, penance, penance, penance. Then the children saw this procession of people led by a bishop in white, who, of course, would be a pope. Right. They didn't know who it was. Led this procession going up a mountain, and the pope is the first one there, and he falls on his knees before a great cross, and he gets shot. Okay? Then all these other people were killed on that mountain. These were the martyrs. These were the martyrs of the... 20th century, wow. who died in Spain and Mexico, Russia, you know, Germany, and, and all. And, um, and many of them whom John Paul, Pope John Paul, beatified, wow. even canonized. So, uh, so what happened was the, the third secret was supposed to be revealed in 1960, okay? Um, Sister Lucia had to write it separate from her memoirs, because she was not allowed to reveal it. But she figured by 1960, or her death... Everybody would know what was in there. When Pope John Paul, when Pope John the Twenty Third, who was Pope at the time, opened the third secret, and he reads it, and the Pope gets shot, he said, "Who's this?" So he said, "It's not the time." And if he had revealed it, every somebody out there with some crackpot yeah. maybe figured, "Well, this is my chance to fulfill the this prophecy." Yeah, yeah, the secret. Yeah. So they never re- let it out until when John Paul, Pope John Paul, was shot. Remember, May 13th, oh, yeah. Feast of All Lady Fatima, 1981. He, he opened the third secret, and he sees this thing about the Pope getting shot. He realized, that's me. I should have died, he said. Blessed Mother gave me back my life. That's the way he put it. And so he went a year later to make the consecration and thank Our Lady at Fatima. But they didn't, the, those in the Vatican who were supposed to send the letters out to the bishops to join with him didn't do it. So he did it. In 1983, on December the 8th, on the Immaculate Conception, he sent out the letters to all the bishops. He got back 2,880-plus responses from the bishops around the world saying, we will make the consecration with you. And he did it on March 25th, 1984. And, uh, and that's when Sister Lucia said, heaven accepted it. Mm-hmm. So it was done. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. This is fascinating. And there's so much more oh, yes. to know about. Uh, that took place in Fatima. And so I encourage people to get your book, Fatima for Today, The Urgent Marian Message of Hope. Indeed, it is urgent. Yes, it is. Right? It's something we need to listen to. Yeah. And if it's coming from our mother, you always listen to your mama, right? That's right. That's right. That's so, right. Um, Father Apostoli, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us here in the, in the Catholic mm-hmm. Cafe. And maybe we should end, if you would just say a prayer for us and sure. maybe ask for Our Lady's intercession. Sure. Okay. okay. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending Our Lady to Fatima to bring this message of peace. May we follow out all that our Blessed Mother has taught us so that we can faithfully pray for peace, for the conversion of sinners and salvation of many, many souls. And uh, we turn to you, O Holy Mother of God. Show yourself to be a mother to us now. Intervene in our world to save us from, you know, the loss of faith and 
for souls being lost through the spread of evil. You are the one who in Scripture will crush the head of the serpent. We ask you to show your intercession for your people now. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you, Father. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.